I'll just go with Greetings Guardians. It's August 24th and 25th, 2016, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 36.5, the continuation of our Warlock Exotic Armor episode, and yes, you heard those dates correctly. We're doubling up this week to make sure we can get all these done before Rise of Iron lands. We've lost X-Ray for part two, but uh, we have me, our resident Warlock, back in the house, so let's get this done. Uh, Warlock Exotic Body Armor and Gloves start now. So I'm your fire team leader for this week. Uh, feel free to call me Gabble Reese, host of MTV Sports. <laughs> or don't it's up to you um i am joined by dropped my slushy i didn't really though well, that's good because that would be a really depressing thing to do it at any would. point of the day but especially at the end of the day yes uh and i wish i could say a lot of crazy things have happened since we last recorded but it's only been like three days uh, we did run some this hilarious strikes and nightfalls, though, so that was <laughs> that was super fun. It was. It was good. Void burn is always my favorite. Yes. I also got uh, the Lord is my sherbet. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, had a crazy, crazy couple of days. Not really eventful, though. I finally got bolt caster, so now I have all the weapons. Ooh, all nice. the swords, which is exciting. Arc frisbees. Finally, have the best sword. Yeah, so got that. Was it the last one you needed? Yep. So I got that yesterday after Cassoid finally delivered. Shipping to Australia is crazy. So, yeah, waited, did the thing, <laughs> got it done. Have all the swords. I'm happy. I'm running. <laughs> Do you running, have a favorite now? No, well, I use one on each of my characters. So the bolt caster's gone to my warlock, um, which I've been playing my warlock a little bit more. Uh, partially because of doing these episodes, I want to play around and see what exotics I've got. I haven't changed my exotics, of course, but, you know, it's nice to look in the <laughs> in the kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... So yeah, I wasn't here Sunday. I didn't get to talk about my Iron Banner. I had a really fun Iron Banner last week. Oh, really? Um, so I have I have all three classes among my characters, but I created my Titan specifically to run support in raids, so I immediately leveled Defender, and then the Taken King came out, and I immediately leveled Sunbreaker. And until last week, I had never played more than an hour of my life as a striker. Oh no. So I had like like the first four nodes, so I like I had the basic double jump and you know what I mean? Like I I, I could I had a super but it was terrible. And <laughs> so I started from that and I like I'd never I had never had the experience in Destiny of shoulder charging anyone oh, ever. So satisfying. <laughs> so it was a, it was an eye opening uh iron banner. I got to rank five and, and Unlocked shoulder charge somewhere midweek, and uh, uh, Mad Pygmy was in the game with me when I did it, and I saw the I saw the upgrade pop right, and so I'm like I'm like cover me, I've got to I've got to turn on shoulder charge, <laughs> and spent the rest of the game like sprinting around going, what just happened to my screen? <laughs> and, and then like the first time I, I saw somebody, I sprint right at them, and I get right up next to him, and I hit melee, and I just like swing my little T Rex arm and miss, and Aww. I'm like what happened? And he's like oh yeah, it runs out. You gotta learn the timing. I was like it runs out. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was tons and tons and tons of fun. I learned that I'm I'm really awful at death from above. Oh, um, it takes some getting used to. Yeah, 
but uh, had a, had a whole lot of fun. Then I went and, and got my warlock up to rank five too. And in on Saturday, just with a group that was that was running the bubble train, and uh, we had three bubble titans and two warlocks, and the warlocks would just run around and super things so that the titans could have enough orbs to make bubbles, and we just abused people for oh, like three that's hours. So mean. It was really mean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All in all, though, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Did you find yourself playing more aggressively once you had unlocked Shoulder Charge? Yeah, I played like an idiot. <laughs> I was I was telling the guys uh, in our in our Gear and Guns channel who I've been talking with for a while about like you know not being terrible at Crucible, uh, that like I've spent a month like working on playing defensively and and being mindful of my positioning and how that has helped me out so much in like one v ones and. Um, then I unlock shoulder charge and just start playing like a complete moron because I'm like, I don't care what happens. It's going to be funny when I smack some dude out of the air. Like <laughs> It's crazy. My my brother who plays Titan, especially loves Striker, he knows all the like frame buffers. So he can run, <laughs> slide, then shoulder charge, but pull the trigger on his shotgun like right either before or after the shoulder charge procs. So it's he's it's just like being hit by a train <laughs> with a shotgun strapped to the front of it. Oh man, that's awesome. That's insane. So yeah, he's he's mean. He's just, I'm looking forward to private matches because I never get to play against him because we're always in the same team. Yeah. So yeah. just. I'm so looking forward to private matches just to to have my hunter take on his striker. I know I'm just going to get launched across every <laughs> map we're in, but it's going to be hilarious. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll be able to do two tests, like what happens when two striker titans shoulder charge each other. <laughs> Cut to nuclear explosion. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think the most frustrating thing I experienced all Iron Banner was shoulder charging somebody while also dying to their shotgun yep but like they died too so what happened their shotgun killed me but my body flew into them with such force that they still died like i was i don't know do you have a pair of peregrine greaves no well probably if i went and got them out of the vault um oh, man i ran um um um, um the twilight flippy do garrison for most of it garrison sorry yeah and then I tried, uh, what's the one that grants... When I thought that um, Death from Above was going to be amazing, and it was, uh, oh, I, I'm going to be Superman, and I'm going to... So I went and I got... <laughs> the helm, is that the Helm of Inmost Light? Helm of Inmost Light, yeah. Yeah, I went and got one of those out of my out of my blueprints and infused it up to 335 and mowed it all the way up, and then I was like, oh, I suck at this. <laughs> so I went back to Twilight Garrison. It's total waste, but whatever. It was fun. <laughs> oh, wow. It's once you learn striker mobility, uh, when you can, like run and then jump have your you know your strike uh, your knee strike active but then you can garrison in one direction and then shoulder charge back in a completely perpendicular direction and then death from above immediately it's like, once you really start getting the aerial and even the ground movement on striker really down pat it's the job is so mobile, it's unbelievable. Sorry. It definitely yeah, it felt more distinct than almost any other like class that I've run, I feel like. Maybe if I were good at like back in the in the heyday of, of Shade Step <laughs> before it got nerfed and like dodging around everything, maybe that was was really unique as well. But yeah, it definitely felt really interesting and it was a lot of fun. I had a good yeah. time. Sweet. 
Yeah, so do you still recommend using right. the Twilight Garrison? Like, I haven't used it since the nerf. Because I used to use it before, and then I was like, ah, it's not working all the same. And I took it off. See, I never knew it before, so I don't know what I'm missing. Uh, okay. I never really used it in Crucible, because I almost always run Armamentarium. Uh, okay. Because double lightning grenades or double flashbang grenades is so yeah. broken. Uh, <laughs> but we should save we should save this talk for the Titan yes, Exotics of episode. Course. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we do have some uh, what some some thanks and announcements, and I don't think we have any announcements. But we have some corrections. Yeah. So uh, double fenestration in our Slack channel pointed out that we missed the storm collars bond. Which is technically an exotic. It came with the special edition of the Taken King. Uh, so, and some folks then later pointed out on Twitter that we forgot this. So, I'm going to do a quick breakdown right now because it's not that complicated. Uh, the exotic perk is Arc Mage. Uh, your Stormcaller subclass upgrades 25% faster and your level increases 10% faster. Uh, and the the note that I have here is that originally this could not be infused or re-rolled and did not have the life exotic perk, so you could not wear it with other exotics, but that was later changed in patch 2.1.0, which was the SRL patch, and you can now do all three to it. Uh, this, and this is a cool bond. It's the sort of electric blue one that sparks lightning off of it. Uh, all three classes got one when you ordered that special edition to help get your subclasses leveled up just a little bit faster. So that is that. So thanks for the, the shout out, the call out on that one. Uh, then we have kind of a correction. It's not really a correction. It's more of a clarification. Uh, and that's from Ernesto in our Slack channel. Uh, he says, when I describe, I meaning me drop, described diffusion for obsidian mind, and I gave the example of a helium balloon, uh, I actually described effusion which is the process of atomic gases passing through tiny holes that are smaller than their atomic size. Helium effuses better than other elements or molecular gas because it has the smallest atomic radiance. Diffusion is when fluids move from high concentration to low concentration. An example of this would be spraying cologne in a large room and then noticing that the smell goes away after a while or putting a drop of food coloring in water and watching it swirl around all on its own. Both of these happen naturally without any external energy inputs required. Uh, but then he says, I should point out that effusion is actually a specific type of diffusion, as is osmosis, so I guess it's more of a clarification. Uh, and then he mentions that Bungie is usually uber-specific about this stuff. In this case, they're not. Yeah, there was a, a the conversation where this came up this morning, actually, with, with him and with cosmology. Um, and then Mad Pygmy got involved too. And it just gave me a headache because yeah, it, it was like a, all these smart things being said and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> well, it turned into it a great. conversation, yeah, about chemistry and then about quantum mechanics and why I think it was hydrogen should be smaller than helium, but it's not. And yeah, it was great basically. Yeah, I, I love that our, the, our Slack channel is full of so many smart people who will just take this stuff and run with it. <laughs> And the last thing, I, it's funny the two things that people called me out on, right? They called me out on uh, the definition of diffusion versus effusion and that we forgot the storm color bond. But here's the most egregious thing we missed, and I'm, I'm half disappointed that nobody called me out on this. I was actually saving it because originally we're supposed to do all the exotics together, so I was saving to mention this 
and what I'm going to mention today. Anyway, the Ram. <clears throat> Originally, the perk was called the Ram Arises, and it had the effect, its exotic perk was what purifier robes currently have. We're going to talk about purifier robes today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was all during the big House of Wolves leak, uh, where oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing manacles had a completely different perk. We'll talk about that. Purifier robes had a completely different perk. We'll talk about that. And then the ram had the purifier perk uh, with a completely different name. So the ram was later changed. It seems like they all sort of got swapped around. When we talk about the other two, we'll talk about how these perks all sort of rotated for one another. But it's a quick note on the ram, and we'll talk about it uh, in a little bit. But that said, let's move on to body armor, and we're going to start with the piece of armor that we had to have you here for, Gavel. <laughs> this is the my most coveted exotic, and <laughs> at least armor, in all of year one, for sure. I wanted nothing more than to have this. <laughs> that is Heart of the Praxic Fire. Uh, so, flavor text reads, In that last moment, she seemed as wholly luminescent as the sun, and I wished to be so brave. The common belief there is that that quote is about Ariana 3. Who yeah, was, that seems super uh, plausible. Yeah, she was a Praxic Warlock. Uh, she made that point abundantly clear. Uh, we've talked about the Praxic Order in the past, so feel free to, to catch up on some of the Warlock-specific episodes where we, we dive in depth on the Praxic Order, but... Is this this is their uniform, or this is the uh, like their president's outfit? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it was also it was like the first the first chest armor I feel like that really looked like like fantasy like knight armor because it looks like chainmail. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. And I, that was one of the reasons I was like that. A, it looks amazing, and B, it sounds awesome. So, yeah. you want to hear my my blasphemy? So. I wore this I had a year one version of this that I got from my hunter uh, and I chucked it to my warlock when I created her because I could wear it from level 30 rather than level 40 mm-hmm. and I was not a sun singer mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wore it for the longest time <laughs> you're just using it to boost a, your light level as a storm caller <laughs> <laughs> You were not praising the sun at all. No, no not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of feel bad about it, but it's also pretty funny. <laughs> and I just wore it for the longest time because it was a U1 version. I mean, Stormcaller's got to look cool too. <laughs> <laughs> the ex- exotic perk is Praise the Sun, um, which further decreases all ability cooldowns while Radiance is active. And this is important to remember in year one that Radiance behaved much differently uh, when it came to discipline in year one. We're kind of spoiled in year two uh, because of uh, upgrades that we got in patches. Uh, But back in year one, you were lucky if you could throw nine grenades in Radiance. Uh, Heart of the Praxic Fire allowed you to throw 11 if you were perfectly equipped to do it. So, which is nuts. Eleven grenades. Eleven grenades. Uh, we'll talk about how many we can throw right now, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favorite things to do in the game. But uh, and these year one perks, 
Uh, also, it always rolled with fusion rifle ammo and heavy weapon ammunition. Which sounds super awesome to me right now, because I run a fusion rifle so much, even though I never ran one in year one, so I didn't care. But well, I wish I had this now. Well, th and that only rolls in the year one version, and we'll talk about how that was a little bit game-breaking uh, <laughs> when Sleeper Simulant was first introduced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the perk got upgraded in year two. Uh still called Praise the Sun. Further decrease all ability cooldowns while Radiance is active, and they just tagged on greatly increased agility while Radiance is active. Uh, I couldn't find a solid number on how much agility. I mean, that's difficult to test. Uh, but this has always been considered to be Heart of the Praxic Fire's hidden perk. Even in year one, there seemed to be an agility boost when you activated Radiance with this on, but it was never actually confirmed, and then in year two, it gained it as an official stat. Uh, and in year two, it, as we discussed last episode, when I say can't, I just really mean really, 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 really unlikely. Uh, and you'll only get the upgrade node. You won't get a natural roll. So Harder Praxic Fire cannot roll strength and will always roll with solar armor. Which makes sense. The only caveat to that <laughs> is that in the, if you go to the blueprints, it has the strength upgrade node. Right, so the strength upgrade will only give you between 10 and 15 strength, though. Right, You, right, you can't right. get a natural strength roll. Yeah, you can't get a true split. Yeah. Uh, the perk symbol is literally praising the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what we just, just mentioned, in the 2016 spring update, a.k.a. the Taken Spring, uh, changes were made to the relationship between radiance and discipline, uh, and it took some of the wind out of the Praxic Fire sails. A max disciplined Sunsinger can now generate grenades faster than they can be thrown. Uh, and with Will of Light, and if you're running double grenades, you can easily throw an excess of 20 grenades. Uh, so that's like Gift of, Gift of Light or Starfire Protocol, or if you're wearing Sunbreakers, you can just... It's an ocean of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that was the big plus to Heart of the Praxic Fire, uh, and that sort of got taken away a little bit, which is sad. So uh, That same update, though, gave a huge buff to Song of Flame, uh, which was increased to, I believe, 60%. So any, And it made the... Uh, yeah, there we go. 60%. Plus 60% grenade regen for your teammates. And it made the radius larger. The radius, I think, on Song of Flame now is almost twice the radiance, radius <laughs> of Ward of Dawn. So, And that perk carries through Heart of the Praxic Fire to Song of Flame. So you can give your teammates an, a huge grenade bonus uh, if you're wearing this and have radiance active and your friends are standing near you. Although I find most of the time as a Sunsinger, when I, if I'm using Song of Flame, people don't even know what it is <laughs> and don't realize that they can throw grenades that quickly <laughs> unless they're also a, a warlock. It's like yeah. if you're giving Titans like a whatever plus 75 to grenade regen, they're like, what? I don't, I'm just not used to it, so I don't use do it. I, do I punch that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say in Mayhem, 
if you have a bunch of Radiant Sunsingers all running Song of Flame and all running Heart of the Practice Fire <laughs> or Sunbreakers, it's yeah, my it's just ridiculous. It's a scorched earth policy. It's insane. Uh, but so much fun. So, so that flavor text we said probably a reference to Ariana 3, uh, but actually comes from somewhere completely different. Absolutely. Um, this is I mean there are a lot of so there are a lot of Dark Souls references in Destiny. Yep. But this is one of the biggest. Um, so yeah, in that last moment, she seemed as wholly luminescent as the sun. Uh, the quote from Dark Souls is, The sun is a wondrous body like a magnificent father, if only I could be so grossly incandescent. <laughs> Which has, okay, so that became like, such a crazy popular Yeah, it became its own thing. Like, this dude is like, <laughs> yeah. Forever emblazoned in in video game culture now. Yeah, and so every every first of all, the the character who says that his he's the knight Solaire, right? Solaire is French for solar. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a solar warlock chest, right? I mean, everything about this ties into this. Um, anyone out there who's ever referred to a sun singer as a sun bro, you're just carrying over a Dark Souls term. <laughs> that term originated in Dark Souls as people who joined the Warriors of, of Light Covenant in, in Dark Souls, who where that was like the, the PvE co-op group. Oh, I didn't um, even realize you could join that as a group. Yeah, yeah, and it turns your summon sign gold. Oh, man. And, and oh. when you're summoned as a phantom, you're gold instead of white. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's like, awesome. sun, that's, that's where Sun Bros comes from, but it's, it's, it, it got carried over into Destiny with Sun Singers, and I feel like there are a lot of Destiny players that say that that never played Dark Souls. I have no idea where that term even came from. Oh, I had but no yeah. idea. I've never played Dark Souls. I mean, I've, I've read a lot of the lore and I watch a lot of Let's Plays for Dark Souls because I find the game fascinating and really yeah. interesting, but I've never actually played it. So I didn't know you could actually join the Warriors of Light. Yeah, there and in each of the three Dark Souls games, there are different iterations of that covenant, but everyone just calls them Sun Bros. <laughs> actually, at this point, it's a little ridiculous because there are so many different covenants and their their phantoms are all so many different colors. That everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Blue Bros and Purple Bros." Like, can we just get back to Sun Bros, please? <laughs> but anyway, that's not Destiny. <laughs> oh man, imagine we started a Dark Souls lore podcast. I'm in. <laughs> tomorrow, not tomorrow. I'm busy tomorrow. Um, <laughs> So there's a really yeah there's a there's a really long story about Solaire that as I was uh, adding data into the Hunter Exotics notes this morning, I realized it actually fits a lot better in that episode. Okay. So um, when we talk about the Acleophage symbiote, uh, that's the time to talk about Solaire's story for real. So cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The quote. The quote is a. Uh, I mean, they've obviously changed some words, but it's very clear. I mean, and the um, the exotic perk, praise the sun. Yes, praise the sun is the emote that the the warriors of light. When you join the warriors of light covenant, it gives you that emote, so that when you join people's games, you can praise the sun at them. <laughs> which they, then has also become the praise the light emote in Destiny, <laughs> which I almost never unequip. I only unequip it usually to sarcastically clap for people when they die. <laughs> Every clap in Destiny is sarcastic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I always keep slow clap on my hunter. Oh, nice. Uh, and so. yeah, and Dark Souls. Uh, 
the, a lot of designers, when there's been interviews with Destiny, they've always cited Dark Souls as like a big influence for them and one of their favorite games internally. Uh, another one I pulled out of here, we'll talk about Acleophage during Hunters, but Ghost Angel Cloak is another one. Uh, the description on that cloak is, we are an army of the Chosen Dead, and I believe Chosen Dead is the name of the character you play in Dark Souls. Uh, chosen Undead. Oh, Chosen Undead. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But yes. Uh, the last thing I have here is that if you spin the model around and look at the back of the Heart of the Praxic Fire, there's a strange variation of the Cassoid logo. It looks almost like the custom oh, one on Invective. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That's on the back of Heart of the Praxic Fire. I never noticed that. So whether that is maybe a Praxic thing, like that's a sign of both Cassoid and Praxic Warlocks, since Invective is Ikora's gun, and we talked about that. We know she's part of the Praxic Order. So there's there's some there's something about that logo and its variations and possibly the Cassoid Foundry all mixed together that hopefully we'll be able to get deciphered one day. I feel like there's enough breadcrumbs there. But this is not the Praxic Order episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, let's move on to the next one. Which is Starfire Protocol. The flavor text here is 3.4 billion years ago, the first stars kindled out of darkness, seeding the future of all life. The exotic perk in year one is just called Starfire Protocol. Gain an additional fusion grenade. Uh, like Heart of the Praxic Fire, this rolled also with fusion rifle ammo and heavy weapon ammo. So we might as well bring this up now. Uh, before it was patched, uh, Year One, Starfire Protocol, and Heart of the Praxic Fire were part of the secret way, quote-unquote, to get 11 sleeper simulant rounds since it was overlooked that fusion rifle ammo increased sleeper's ammo count and heavy weapon increased sleeper's ammo count. <laughs> That's so good. So it was pretty much only, only warlocks way back when sleeper was first introduced had the... The chance, and you can only do it by equipping a year one uh, Starfire Protocol or Heart of the Praxic Fire. We could have killed the War Priest so much faster. I know. <laughs> I remember reading about people saying, hey, let's make sure you switch into Praxic or Starfire before picking up heavy ammo if you're going to use Sleeper mm -hmm. uh, against any boss because you'll get a bunch of extra ammo. And I think only Titans can get there now with Armamentarium. Ah. That makes sense, though. I feel like that's appropriate for Titans to have that. Yes. Uh, year 2 perks uh, is the exact same thing. So, uh, additional fusion grenade. Starfire will always roll with discipline and will always roll with solar armor. Uh, and Starfire is one of only three Warlock body armors in year two that will roll with the generic more heavy, more special perk rather than a specific heavy or special perk. Uh, the only other two are Alchemist Raiment and Purifier Robes, both of which we'll talk about. Uh, perk symbol is just a fusion grenade icon, which makes sense since it gives you an extra fusion grenade. Uh, and unfortunately, no, the perk does not stack with Gift of the Sun. You cannot get three grenades. Boo. 
I know. There's still confusion, though, over... Oh, yeah. That the, artifact? The new artifacts and whether or not you can get a third grenade from that. Yeah, we've heard both. Because, I mean, if the, if it's broken and you can get three, who says the limit's three? What if you're running Gift of the Sun, Starfire Protocol, and that <laughs> and that artifact? Could you get four fusion grenades? Oh, my gosh. It would be ridiculous. But awesome. Although I never use fusion grenades. I always use solar grenades. Uh, the flavor text here, most likely a reference to the Big Bang. This is, I'm going to read this, and I'm sure Cosmology or somebody in our Slack chat is going to set me straight. Uh, so please feel free to. <laughs> uh, the birth of the universe, which is believed to ha have happened approximately 13.8 billion years ago. Although about 3.4 billion years ago, which is 400 million years after the Big Bang, an event called the recombination occurred. Uh, that term uh, in cosmology refers to an epoch at which charged electrons and protons first became bound to form uh, electrically neutral hydrogen atoms. Although, as far as we know, it was only 200 million years after the, the Big Bang that HD 14283, quote-unquote, the Methuselah star, formed. Uh, it is the unconfirmed oldest star observed in the universe. So the 13.4 in the flavor text may refer to the recombination, but the actual oldest star is a little bit older than that. So, uh, and as we discussed earlier with the crew talking chemistry in the Slack chat, hydrogen atoms uh, attempts to develop a theoretical understanding of the hydrogen atom is a very important part of the history of quantum mechanics. So, but that all revolves around nuclear fusion uh, and hydrogen atoms, which makes sense why this thing gives you fusion grenades. An extra one. <clears throat> uh, originally, the tool, trip, tool tip for this armor was broken, uh, and it said that it increased the drop rate for heavy ammo rather than in increased reserves. So a lot of people thought that this was basically a warlock armamentarium. It is not. It never has been. It was a mistake with the tool tip. Uh, and then the only other note I have here is that there's a book by Dale Brown called Starfire that deals with the weapon weaponization of an orbital solar power plant. Uh, and I have a little... The reason I put this little blurb here about the book Starfire is because I love that the U.S. president's name is Kenneth Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> president Phoenix. President that would be awesome. <laughs> president Phoenix. Right. He's president of Starfire. <laughs> Uh, but in that book, well, this is new because in that book, so Starfire is an orbital solar power plant. Uh, it delivers unlimited and inexpensive electricity anywhere on planet Earth. It can also transmit power to the moon and even to spacecraft and asteroids. It's considered a crucial first step in the exploration of the solar system. Uh, and the main character and his team are on the cutting edge of that tech. We just learned in Rise of Iron that there is a solar power plant on Mercury. Uh, that's going to be a crucible map. Oh, yeah. So that whether and we know it's a Warmind installation because in the playthrough videos, it has the Warmind logo on it. So not that I think Starfire Protocols are referenced to any of that, but this idea that there are sort of uh, 
extra-terrestrial or extra-planetary uh, solar power plants that can just beam solar energy back to the Earth is is referenced here, and they are coming up. So, so there we go. All right. All right. Get ready, because you're going to dream of void fang vestments and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is going to be a sore spot for anyone who played Warlock in year one and was hoping for great things from Xur. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to bring up this PTSD. Uh, <laughs> so much Xur PSD, PTSD. I know. Ooh. And uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, poor Mega Man EXE. <laughs> uh, void fang vestments you will dream of teeth and nothing else scratch behind the buckle uh, which is believed to be a reference to the ahamkara but we'll talk about that in a second <clears throat> exotic perk year one improved axion bolt your axion bolt grenade spawns an additional seeker and respawn with full grenade energy uh, year one perks were hand cannon ammo and special weapon ammo this was such a great piece. Yes. The perk was slightly changed in year two, not the effect, uh, but just the name. It turned into Hungering Void, uh, and they just swapped the way the description reads. Spawn with full grenade energy, and your Axiom Bolt Grenade spawns an additional Seeker. Void Fang in year two will always roll with Discipline, and will always roll with Void Armor. <clears throat> Uh, and they changed the perk symbol as well. In year one, it was two interconnected, like, lightning bolt-looking things. Uh, and in year two, it's just the Axion bolt icon. Uh, and as noted, Void Fang Vestiments, despite their utility, became one of the most reviled exotics in the game, thanks to Xur's over-eagerness to sell them. <laughs> uh, so, oh, I actually had that twice here. So, if you were around in, in the first 14 weeks of Destiny... Uh, he sold them seven times in the first 14 weeks. Uh, and in weeks <laughs> in weeks 10 through 14, here's what Xur's inventory looked like for Warlocks. Void Fang Vestiments, Void Fang Vestiments, Void Fang Vestiments, Light Beyond Nemesis, Void Fang Vestiments. People were not happy about that. It was... That spawned so many Bungie hates warlock threads. Well, right. <laughs> and and we'll we'll get to this later, but that also ties into Sunbreakers. Yep. <laughs> and how he sold Sunbreakers four times in the first eight weeks after the launch of Destiny. So I hope you like Void Fang Vestiments or Or Sunbreakers. Or Sunbreakers. Yeah. Because that's all you could get. Yep. <laughs> For like three months. <laughs> Uh, all, all anybody wanted was Heart of the Prax of Fire too. Like, I know. I, just, I remember the Reddit threads. Like we need Heart of the like seeing people <laughs> wearing it and just wanting to send them hate messages. <laughs> and then I also, when he finally did sell it, I remember the people going, "Oh, this used to feel so special because I had my. I was one of the only people with Heart of the Prax of Fire, and I was like, I hate you. I'm glad I have it now." <laughs> <laughs> In their defense, Voidfang vestments look really cool. They look really cool. They shade really well. Yep. And I have like a 98% roll on oh, a year two Void Fang wow, nice. <laughs> nice. That I've never worn. Well, well, it's tough now. Yeah, nothing manacles. Yeah, nothing manacles sort of took, they took a huge, uh, all the wind out of Void Fang sales. It's tough to justify Warlock body armor these days because yeah. all the gloves are so good. Yeah. 
That's true. Uh, yes. So vestiment is the old French word for clothes, uh, but it gives insights into the design of this armor. Uh, <clears throat> the flavor text of Voidfang links back to the Ahamkara, so you will dream of teeth and nothing else. Uh, is possibly a relation also on young Ahamkara's spine, which is a hunter exotic we'll later talk about. That flavor text is, Give me your arm, O bearer mine. Let me help you fill the world with teeth. And from these two things, it really seems that the word teeth is how the Ahamkara refer to grenades, since both of these are grenade-affecting exotics. They both reference teeth Mm -hmm. uh, and filling the world up with them, which is exactly what these two exotics do. Now I'm going to think of grenades as teeth. Yeah, to Voidfang's credit, the extra Axion Bolt Seeker is great. Yes. So that spawns three Seekers. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know. With scattered grenades and nothing manacles, I just don't I, see I, it. I, yeah, no, no. I think that that's better, but this was really good in year one. That's Well, in year one, I think a big part of this came about, you know, where it's like one or what you tag someone with Thorn, let the DOT count down, and then let your Seeker finish them off. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that, like, <clears throat> Voidfang really did. Because Voidfang always rolled in year one with hand cannon ammo and special weapon ammo, Yeah, it was the perfect chess piece for a blink shotgun thorn user. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which everyone hated, but it was, it was just absolutely perfect. Man, blink, sh- blink shotgunning warlocks. <clears throat> Uh, I also know here, this is the choice of Thanatonauts everywhere during the Will of Crota Omnigul strike. Uh, we just talked about this when we were running the strike. Using the backroom <laughs> infinite revive method, yeah. a Starfire Protocol Warlock could usually throw two grenades before dying, and then the person would revive them, and they would immediately get all their grenade energy back because of Void Fang, and just throw two more grenades, and then die, and get revived, and get their grenade energy back. And it was a vicious death loop of Axion Bolt. <laughs> I don't know why you'd ever want to tank your KD like that, but <laughs> sure, I guess, if you got nothing better to do. Wait, does that say a Starfire? What do you mean, a, a Voidfang? Where did I write Starfire? Oh, yeah, I meant Voidfang. Whoops. Fix it. Fix it. No Alex. one has to know. Except <laughs> everyone that hears this. <laughs> But yeah, so that's Void Fang. Void Fang, yeah. I remember thinking that that Voidwalker Warlocks, when I saw them wearing this, they looked so cool. I'm like, oh, I want to wear that. Yeah. But I didn't. I, I didn't have it. I didn't even roll my Warlock until I need to get Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up is the only exotic that Sherb ever wears on her Warlock. Yeah, I'll take this then. <laughs> we learned. We learn. Yep, it's the one you don't have, is it? Or you don't use? I've just broken it down every time I've gotten it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tested it once in the Dreadnought and then immediately sharded it. <laughs> I wear it all the time. This is the Alchemist's Raiment. And the flavor text reads, To reshape the world piece by piece, thought by thought. All it takes is a little reshuffling of particles. Um, and you want to keep reading all the perks and stuff? Sure. Why not? Yeah, well, it, yeah. o- it only has a year two version. Yeah, well, because so. it is only, yep. Yeah. So the only perk it's got, 
Oh, what well, the perk? Your two perk is uh, Iron to Gold, uh, which is a chance to gain Glimmer on primary ammo pickup, and orbs collected when your super is full recharge your grenades and melee. Uh, and one orb will just immediately recharge both. It doesn't go to one or the other. Um, and it just immediately does it. So um, it will always roll with intellect. And it's one of the three body armors in year two that can roll with the, the more special or more heavy rather than specific weapons for ammo perks. Yep. Um, the symbol on it is the top of the... The symbol on it itself. Um, yeah, if you look at the the raiment, it's got this great, like, glowing blue symbol on the front, and the perk is just the top part of that. Yeah. So yeah, alchemist raiment. I'm pretty so sure. I'm I'm gonna real, real quick because you said intellect. I got called out for saying intelligence. <laughs> all yeah, last I episode. noticed that. I was gonna mention I'm used it, to saying. but meh. <laughs> And it's, well, I always say int, but I didn't want to say int on the podcast and have people be like, what, is he having a stroke in the podcast? From me saying int over and over again, so. Uh, intellect, yes, you're all correct, it's intellect. <laughs> intelligence. I, I was wrong. <laughs> Just call it smart. Intelligence. My low intelligence. <laughs> yeah, brains. If I, I'm pretty sure... I'm just double checking this, but I'm pr pretty sure the symbol on it is the Thanatonaut symbol. I don't know if we have that. Oh, as really? A... Yeah, yeah. Because I I run this, and the the artifact I have on my warlock is Thanatonaut's lullaby, and it's the same symbol as on the book. I'm just double checking. I'm looking it up now, but I'm like ninety percent sure. Oh, oh, cool. That's awesome. So it's a Thanatonaut, Raymond. Really? I had really. no idea. Um, yeah, it's I'm pretty sure it's the same symbol. Looking it up on the armory. We're gonna see who can get who can get dim dim loaded faster. Oh, I've got armory up. I definitely it has a nice I, I HD picture. I'll post it in the yeah. in the Slack for you. <laughs> I just Googled it and <laughs> uh, yes, you're correct. It is. That's yeah. It's the Thanatonauts lullaby. The same uh, the same image. Awesome. Yes, I had to just double check you, you didn't go. have that as a note already. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you would know if you wore well, there it. There you go. So. <laughs> I get. Yeah, well, I guess that's true. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a copy of the Thanatonauts. I, I, I keep artifacts that I think are interesting lore wise, so my vault is full of like Thanatonauts lullaby and the Pahain and Arata and the incubation shell and. Yeah. Just I, I think they're cool looking or interesting. The flamel crest, but yeah, I have like two artifacts yeah, the damned that loot. I run on <laughs> the damned loot. Yeah, I have like two artifacts I run on all my characters, and one is the one I want for the stats, and one is one that I just think is really cool, and I wish that the character itself actually carried that. And so, Thanatolot's lullaby is the one I have. Yeah, on that's my, what I do. A warlock, and my hunter's got the Pahain and Narada as well. That's that's the lore one that I wish my hunter had. That I could read, please, would be nice. Yeah, I, I ran into that in Iron Banner on my Titan. I'd, I'd never gotten a Radagast's blade before, but I got it, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna hang on to that." Oh, I'm hanging on to it because I'm 
paranoid that one of the requirements in Rise of Iron to like forge a new sword or something will be like, you have to have the Shard of Radagast <laughs> or Radagast Blade. So you'll be you'll be SOL if you're not a Titan, but that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm holding on to mine just in case. But yeah, the intact Warmind Core, uh, Radagast's Blade, Ephrodite's Eye, I keep one of those on me. I keep a uh, Coyote's luck on me, but anyway, this isn't the artifact episode. No. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So the symbol in the front of Alchemist Raymond is the Thanatonaut symbol. Mm-hmm. The more you know. There you go. Um. Uh, which is fascinating. Uh, so Alchemist, what what what's an alchemist? Wasn't Da Vinci an alchemist? I don't know him if you've personally. Watched, if you ever watch Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> I only know from watching Hudson Hawk. Because uh-huh. in that movie, in that movie, they're trying to track down Da Vinci's notes to create the lead in the gold machine. So, I love that movie. Oh, there's a, oh, there's a great word in here that I have no idea how to say. Which one? Proto-scientific? <laughs> no, no, that's easy. Here we go. Alchemy. <laughs> a philosophical and proto-scientific tradition practiced throughout Europe, Egypt, and Asia. It aimed to purify, mature, and perfect certain objects. Common aims were... Is that Chrysopia? Chrysopia? That's how I'd say it. Chrysopia? Chryso... Yeah. The transmutation of base metals, for example, lead, into noble ones, particularly gold. The creation of an elixir of mortality, the creation of panaceas to cure any disease, and the development of an alkahest, a universal solvent. Nice. So you've got the lead into gold thing here because we're turning primary ammo pickups into glimmer. Mm Mm-hmm. Is kind of the parallel there. And that's why the perk's name is Iron to Gold as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cryosopia, or Cryosopia, uh, is also symbolically used to indicate the creation of the Philosopher's Stone and the completion of the great work. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Does this have any relation to the, the Flamel thing at all? Flamel Crest? The Flamel Crest? Because he's the one who... We are talking about Harry Potter now, right? No, because he existed anyway, like, outside of Harry Potter. I know, I was... was, Yeah, but if he's he's in Harry Potter, that's, like, how I first heard of him, but... um, Yeah, I'm just trying to look stuff up. Yeah, Nicholas, it's a... Yeah, the Flamel crest I keep around, because that's a reference to Nicholas Flamel, uh, who is a a French scribe, but... uh, He's he's the guy with the reputation for creating the Philosopher's Stone and achieving immortality. So, also friend of Dumbledore. Uh, and even the the flavor text on the Flamel Crest yeah, uh, is anything can be anything else if only you want it to be so. Which reminds me of Toland <laughs> uh, from Bad Juju, which is if you want your gun to murder the entire world, and so it shall. Yeah, if also, only will it so. Uh, t- Toland kind of achieved immortality. Kind of did. But not through the Philosopher's Stone. Through By being raised as a guardian. Maybe he wore the alchemist's raiment. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Okay. If that's how you... Sure. <laughs> there was that other thing he did. That, yeah, that other thing. He created Shadow Price. That was the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never be forgotten. It'll never be. 
Uh, it's worth noting that for that really cool symbol on the front of it, Alchemist's Raiment is almost a reskin of Starfire Protocol. It's very similar. You know, aside from the big glowing shoot me here, I'm a Thanatonaut logo on the front. Hey, well, that's what the next <laughs> That's the reason want. why I don't wear it. <coughs> they want to die. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> so good. Uh, <clears throat> so, and then, despite its perks, Alchemist Raiment allows you to pick up orbs even if your super grenade and melee are all charged. Uh, this can be beneficial if you are running a better or ready or infusion helmet build but you should be careful because you'll just run yourself out of orbs very quickly. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about perks like that. Like, um, I had a, a helmet that would that would regen grenades picking up orbs, and I was like, no! I, I found myself jumping over orbs because yep. I had, my super was full, and I wanted to save those orbs for when I, after I used my super next. This was like at Oryx, and you had people in the middle generating tons of orbs. I was like, no, I don't want to waste those on grenades. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, situationally useful, I think, probably for Transcendent Stormcaller. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where charging, okay. yeah, charging your super is also going to recharge your melee and your grenades instantly, so you can always have Transfusion ready, but... Not Transfusion, Transcendence. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a that's a pretty good use for it, especially back when Transcendence was the meanest thing on Earth. It's still pretty mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or if you're running a Claylock build. Since you're just, it allows you to pick up those orbs while you're keeping your supercharged. Okay, I'll allow it. So, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> as a as a Tlaylock expert, uh, Raymond is the old English word for clothes. So there you have Alchemist Raymond. Put it on and go die somewhere. Oh man, yeah, we've got old English clothes. We've got French clothes. I know. We've got uh, <laughs> tons of Ahamkara references. Warlocks have, and the most Ahamkara-related armor uh, for of all the classes, with Hunter coming in second and Titan coming in zero. <laughs> <laughs> but who cares, because Titans and Hunters have boots. Yeah. Low blow. It, it, it makes sense, low. like, lore-wise, at least, for blow. the Warlocks, because they'd more likely be the ones studying and trying to see the effects of these things. Like, if I wore these bones, what would happen? sort of thing. More so than I think hunters would be more of a, a trophy. I, I don't know if titans would care. Titans get their power the old-fashioned way, with bullets and punching. <laughs> yeah. Alright. <laughs> okay, last last body armor uh, for warlocks. And another controversial piece. The good old purifier robes. That's right. Yeah. Fire is the breaking of bonds. Fire is freedom. We must be swift and thorough in our liberation. Okay. The um, that'll, year one... That'll make sense. Oh, in, that'll make sense in a minute. Right. <laughs> Burn brighter. <clears throat> activating radiance from death disorients nearby enemies. Which sounds so cool. Yes. Um, so. And that's... That's like a flashbang? Yeah, it's like a flashbang or stepping into a Saint-14 bubble uh, or getting shot, a headshot on Hereafter. It's five seconds with the slow drop-off uh, and the, radi the radius of your radiance. Uh, <laughs> it's quite large. So, And then year one, uh, causing damage 
So he rolled with Serpent's Mouth, which was grenades reduce melee cooldown. Uh, and it rolled with Serpent's Tail, which is causing damage with melee reduces your grenade cooldown. So it's some synchronous perks there. And year two, same perk, burn brighter, activating radiance from death, disorients nearby enemies. So this is Fireborn. You can only trigger this with the Fireborn perk, which allows you to come back to life. Uh, if you're if you die with radiance charged, uh, in year two it'll always roll with intellect, uh, and will always have solar armor. <laughs> Uh, and is the last of the three body armors that will roll with the generic, more special or heavy ammo perk rather than weapon specific. Uh, as we mentioned at the very top of the show, this perk originally belonged to the Ram and was called the Ram Rises. It was later given to Purifier Robes. I feel like this perk makes the the Ram's flavor text make so much more sense. It does. The the praise me, right? Yep. You're, yeah. I, <laughs> whatever well so if that's the case but let's talk about what purifier robes perk originally was and why its flavor text makes sense in that context so when these were originally discovered in the house of wolves leak the burn brighter perk was actually uh more like uh, here's what uh, causes enemies killed by ignite effects to explode, similar to the void walk ability Bloom. So this is basically purifier robes. Originally, was anything you killed with solar ability <laughs> would explode. That sounds awesome, it's, especially with brimstone. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, speaking of that, I saw a super sidetrack. I saw a a video somebody posted on YouTube. Of a Sunsinger generating 20 orbs with a single melee kill. What? 20 orbs. He was in uh, the stills in Crota's End. And he rounded up a whole bunch of thralls. And popped Radiance. And meleeed one. So he got seven orbs. Uh, and he had Brimstone on. Mm -hmm. So he meleeed one. It exploded. It killed all of them. Right? So that procced seven orbs. But then he had an artifact on that, I guess, dropped orbs for melee kills. Yep. And it, like... It got every single one of them, basically, and it drops 20 orbs. Wow. It's like, what? <laughs> that's, anyway. He must have been running the, uh... Oh, no, that's... The Dan Blute is Solar Precision Kills. What's the, uh... The Warlock one? Yeah, he gives his loadout in the Reddit post, but I don't have it in front of me. But Numinous, yeah, I watched... Is it Numinous Web? No, Numinous Web is grenades, because that's what I run. Yeah, that's what I run, too. Uh, Sisyphus Project? No, that's grenades. Uh, broken Crown. Solar melees oh. have a chance to generate an orb. There yeah. you go. That's awesome. Yeah, nuts. <laughs> I mean, but anyway, I do, I do this. This would be a lot of fun. I do the same thing. That's why I run Numinous Web on my Sunsinger. So when I pop Radiance, every kill up to those first seven has a chance to generate two orbs one from yeah. the uh, artifact and one from my super, and then every additional kill has a chance to spawn orbs as well, so you become an orb-generating machine. Yeah, I run... Um, I have a Void Grenade Numinous Web that I run on my Voidwalker with nothing manacles and scatter grenades and just grenade the world. Yeah, I have a Warp Fragment that does that. So. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the perk symbol is just two wings outstretched, which again would make sense with either one. But yeah, this would have been an amazing perk. Jeez, you would... 
everything for would PVE. Yeah, I mean everything would be exploding. It would be great. Yeah, yeah, it'd be super great because Bloom is a ton of fun. Yes. Uh, so, oh, I can't wait to talk about the Doom and Bloom build. Uh, <laughs> mentioned it briefly with uh, Dire Ahamkar's skull, but we'll talk about it when we get to Nothing Manacles. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so this became very common PvP, especially in Trials Exotic to see. It became one of the go-tos for Fireborn Sunsingers in Year 1 Trials. Uh, and it was sort of the come-from-behind deal sealer. Uh, and there was tons of Reddit posts and videos and GIFs and everything uh, about these single Sunsingers coming back. You know, because people are camping their corpses with shotguns and they would just pop this blind everybody immediately and just go bananas just looking up researching this exotic i watched so many videos of of people just running around blinded and well one warlock just picks them off with fusion grenades it was so funny and it was like super mean because you could die and then switch to it right yes so this raised concerns about loadout locking in the crucible because a lot of warlocks would wear the ram while they were alive and then, as soon as they were killed, they would switch to purifier robes uh, for the blind effect because it still uh, enables it. You could do the same thing with Starfire Protocol as well. Uh, you could run the ram, and then right before you're raised, uh, pop on Starfire, respawn with your grenade charges full, and then go back to the ram. So somebody interestingly pointed out in my research, I was looking for comments on purifier robes and I was looking at PVP strategies and things like that. Somebody mentioned that they liked that this perk was moved to purifier robes because if it was on the ram, it would be very obvious because uh, the ram sticks out so much. You would always know that there's a threat there just visually that, you know, there could be a. Right. Uh, but when it was switched over to purifier robes, they are a gorgeous piece of armor, probably one of my favorite in the game. Yeah. But you have to be paying attention to that. You can't just make a visual glance unless you're f- familiar with them uh, and know if you're about to get blinded by radiance. So, uh, And then Purifier Robes were left behind in the move to year two, along with Sunbreakers, but they were returned in the April update, the Taken Spring. And you rarely ever see purifier robes outside of PvP. Though I don't, I don't even think they're that common anymore. I don't think I've seen a lot of people wearing them. No. Well, yeah, Sunsingers have become yeah pretty rare. So much less less popular in PvP recently. Yeah, because Storm Trance is a steamroller. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Storm Trance and and Ionic Blink. Yeah. So, well, that does it for Warlock body armor. Uh, I love the wings on the front of Sunbreakers. They look so cool. But anyway, let's move on to my favorite exotics for Warlocks, uh, and maybe yours. Not Sherbs, because she's a Thanatonaut. But uh, gloves. I feel like gloves have become so good for Warlocks that there's very rarely a reason to run uh, anything else. Yeah, they're basically, if you're a warlock, no matter what class you are, there's a glove that's just universally good. Even if there's something else that might be situationally better, there are gloves that are just always great. Yep. All right, we'll start with 
another Ahamkara piece. Not cleverly named, Claws of Ahamkara. <laughs> <laughs> Which flavor text reads, Look at all this life, O oh bearer mine. There is so much left to burn. This is the third Ahamkara-related warlock exotic. So the year one perk was called The Whispers. Gain an additional charge for Scorch and Energy Drain. Uh, so the year one perks were Special Weapon Reloader and Snap Discharge, which was increased melee attack speed, which makes sense. Uh, in year two, the perk was slightly changed. It's still called The Whispers, but it reads, Gain an additional charge for all Warlock-charged melees. Uh, and that was changed to include Stormcaller. In year two, Claws of Ahamkar will always roll Strength and Snap Discharge. So if you're looking for any other perks, you're out of luck with these gloves. Uh, the perk symbol is a warlock, the warlock melee symbol with a triangle in the background. It's the high five hand. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we don't, Whispers, Whispers really came to the forefront, I think, with the Books of Sorrow when it talked about the the worm corpse that would whisper things to the Osmium King. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then later on to uh, Sathona before she became Sabathun. So, and these were a huge giveaway uh, because the flavor text for the year two version, not the flavor text, the perk text was updated before the three subclasses were announced. Uh, and that was a huge hint that we had third subclasses on the way. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten that, but I, I do remember that now. Yeah. yeah, nobody could confirm it, but people were like, "Claws of Ahamkara now say like they changed it." So, yeah, and what would be the point of changing that if if you weren't going to have a third class on the way? Yeah. So. Uh, these are, I think, the only warlock exotic gloves that extend beyond the forearm. Uh, there's some hunter ones that do, and some titan ones that do, but most. See Sunbreakers, Nothing Manacles, Impossible Machines. Yeah, and Ophidian Aspect were all forearms. So these have the the claw, the actual claws of the Ahamkar are up in the shoulders. Mm-hmm. They look like bird talons. Yeah, oh, and these are these are interesting too, right? Because they're feathered. Oh, sorry, I was just saying. I think most Hunter and Titan gloves <laughs> they um they affect the shoulders. They change your shoulders. I don't know if Warlock ones do. Uh, and almost well, not. Oh, yeah. Almost all other Ahamkar-related exotics are skulls and or bones, uh, but these appear to be feathers or scales and full-on talons. Uh, And it's one of the few hints we have about the look of the Ahamkara. I could have sworn I put other notes in here about that. Hmm. But the the scales look like... uh, Man, I, I looked this up too. Did I put it in a different section of notes, that would be really upsetting to me. Uh, But these are the originals, so maybe not. Uh, Yeah, I looked it up. So there are quite a few lizards that have this almost exact same color, like long, pointy-type scales. Um, I know a horned lizard is one of them, but there are a few others. Uh, So I think a lot of people see them and think, oh, those are feathers. Uh, which, who knows, maybe they are. We we mean, if the Ahamkara are dinosaurs, <laughs> you know, they came, <laughs> they came from birds. So, 
Nope, I guess I didn't put it in the other ones. Oh well. I didn't see it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So. And then, yeah, if you're a Stormcaller, don't use this. Yes. This <laughs> the, is the gist of this. But yeah, it gives you two melee charges, and if they're not both charged, you cannot gain the effects of Transcendence. It's so funny. In, in the research that I've done for a lot of these exotics, it's amazing how many have caveats for Transcendence. <laughs> Claws of Ahamkara do. Uh, we talked about the effect of... Uh, apotheosis veil on transcendence mm-hmm. alchemist raiment on transcendence you know and transcendence is such a controversial perk to begin with it's kind of amazing how many like little satellite things it actually affects like things that had to be tweaked or things that had to be sort of thought of in advance like we got to make sure apotheosis veil doesn't affect transcendence or it's going to be broken as hell uh, <laughs> you know yeah. and given Stormcaller's ridiculous melee abilities, like the trade-off for Claws of Ahamkara, is if you're going to electrocute people with your melee across the stage, you got to be careful about <laughs> transcendence. So, I really like these gloves. I sometimes wear them when I'm running. Uh, I have a melee build for my. I mean, I normally run. What do I normally run? Two five four on my Sunsinger. Uh, and that's with Sunbreakers, but sometimes I'll swap over to Claws of Ahamkara and I have a nearly identical build. Yeah, I ran Claws a lot in, in PvP in year one. I, I switched out between Claws and Void Fang, depending on if I wanted to be a grenading jerk or a <laughs> face-slapping jerk <laughs> while I was blinking around and shotgunning people <laughs> and using Thorn. I'm sorry. And they're just they're just like really cool looking. Like I yeah, love the, oh, way, they look the great. claws. And look. the way they shade now. Yes. Oh man. Super good. Like I said, I think I mentioned that when I wear uh, Light Beyond Nemesis on my uh, Sunsinger, I always wear Beltane, and Claws of Ahamkara take Beltane really well. Yeah. So again, some more Lori. Some Lori. That's a weird word. Uh, I don't know why. Isn't that a bus <laughs> in Britain? Yeah, a truck. Oh, a truck. I think a truck. Somebody will correct us. Yes. But yeah, so... Again, more hints from the Ahamkara. Ahamkara really make their presence known in exotics, especially when we'll talk about hunters, we'll talk about warlocks. Like, there's... Where these come from, you know, did... When the, the great Ahamkara hunt happened, did somebody just keep all the feet and then make a bunch of claws <laughs> of Ahamkara gloves? Like... Uh, I mean, is there a pile? Is there a pile of young, like baby Ahamkara skulls somewhere that people keep making hunter gauntlets out of? Or gross. Uh, I mean, that's what we do, right? We we're that is absolutely what we do. You know, we're known for the body part wearing. It's just a big pile of it somewhere. <laughs> They're making armor. <laughs> Buckets of it. Did you want a dire Ahamkara or a regular? A regular's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a vending machine. <laughs> I want diet. Diet Ahamkara. <laughs> Daya. <laughs> Would you like the regular size or the Daya size? Can I have, can I have cherry Ahamkara? Hang on. <laughs> Would you like some claws with that? Ahamkara Zero? <laughs> is that a thing yet? <laughs> Vanilla cherry Ahamkara. <laughs> the dessert of Ahamkaras. 
so off track. All right. Let's go on to it. These are, these are my favorite. Ex- uh, Warlock, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Jared's going to be drawing a Ahamkara vending machine. <laughs> uh, these are my favorite Warlock exotics. Uh, Sunbreakers. And no, not the Titans. Although it would be awesome to wear two Titans on your fists. This is not those. These came first. Uh, when one can wield the fire of stars, what use is flesh and bone? Uh, and I know that's possibly a reference to the cool effect on these gloves uh, and similar to nothing manacles where they shrink your forearms down really skinny and sort of project a holographic color around them. Uh, I think they look awesome. I, they're one of my favorite looking. They're one of my favorite uh, perks. So let's talk about those perks. So in year one, it was called Helium Cycle. And the perk was increases the duration of your solar grenade. Which, I mean, is pretty cool. Uh, in year one, Special Weapon Reloader uh, special weapon reloader and Serpent's Tail, so causing damage with melee, reduces grenade cooldown. That makes sense. Uh, but these things really went crazy when they were brought back in year two. <clears throat> still called Helium Cycle, still increases the duration of your solar grenade, but it, you gain an additional solar grenade on top of it. Wow, I'm an idiot. Why? I didn't realize you gained an additional solar grenade on yes, top of it. Yes, it gives you uh, <laughs> Gift of the Sun for free. <laughs> And allows you to run. I I run Angel of Light usually, but oh my gosh! I mean, I don't run Sunsinger that often, but I know that every time recently that I've run Sunsinger, I have worn Sunbreakers and used the double grenade perk. Oh no! So <laughs> I get for not reading the perk descriptions. Yep. Yeah, there. This is how I run this with uh, Solar Skin and Will of Light, and you're just like a a mobile turret, grenade launching turret, light everything on fire everywhere. Uh, it's awesome. And then you get to keep Angel of Light. I'm not, what is the other perk in that tree? I I don't think I've ever run it. Uh, it's the set everything on fire perk. Uh, Touch of Flame. No, it is. Look at that. Oh yeah, all grenades ignite enemies. Uh, but these solar grenades ignite enemies anyway. So. Right. So yeah, I run a Angel of Light, and I look, I use, I mean, I only ever use Angel of Light, really, for breaking my fall. <laughs> like, if I've jumped off something, and I'm out of floofs, I just aim down sights, and sl- gently glide to the ground, because it completely <laughs> destroys your momentum. <laughs> uh, they will always roll with energy projection in year two, which is my favorite perk. Uh, or this is the warlock form of throwing your grenades farther. And they will always roll with discipline, which makes complete sense. The perk is the touch of flame icon. And as Gabble mentioned earlier, uh, in year one, <laughs> they were sold uh, four times in the first eight weeks. <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. It's like, do you like Sunbreakers? No. Do you like Void Fang? Too bad. One or the other. So rough. It was. Uh, they're a great perk. So that and that. He, so the perk name Helium Cycle uh, is what's known. And I can't wait to be corrected, especially by the dudes <laughs> who just were talking about this in the Slack chat. 
So I have also known as the proton-proton chain reaction. It is one of the two known sets of fusion reactions by which stars convert hydrogen to helium. Uh, this process dominates in stars the size of our sun or smaller, which makes sense for generating longer lasting and extra solar grenades. I love the, what is one of these sunbreaker it's not Sunbreaker, uh, Sun Singer. Uh, it's a problem. Yeah, I know. Well, there's Sun Singer, Sunbreaker's the Gloves, Sunbreaker's the Titans. Uh, but one of the, if you're doing the subclass specific quest, one of them is called the Portable Sun, uh, which is killing things with solar grenades. Not solar grenades, but solar ability grenades. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I love the name. I love the name of that that quest, the Portable Sun. Yeah. So these were Sunbreakers first. There was a lot of sort of debate over whether or not Sunbreaker Titans should have been called Sunbreakers or just Breakers. So you had Defender Striker Breaker. Uh, it makes so much sense. It does. But instead, Bungie went with Sunbreakers. Uh, and these gloves were not available at the time for year two. They hadn't been brought back yet. And then they were brought yeah. back. So now you have both. Striker doesn't sound electrical. Yes, it and does. Defender like a lightning doesn't strike. Sound voidish. You're a lightning strike. Oh. Wow. Okay, well, then what's Defender? Well, that's different because there's nothing <laughs> with the void. The Defender's the exception there, but you're in a bubble. Like, it's, what, what are you doing? Are you defending? So. <laughs> but at least, like, what's a void-related thing void you could do specific. for defense? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I, I don't get paid to come up with subclass names. Yeah, yeah. neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wish I wish I'd been in the room when they wrote. Okay, the next three subclasses are coming in. We got Night Stalker. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we've got Storm Caller. Totally makes sense. We've got Sunbreakers. And did somebody you mean go like the gloves? But yeah. <laughs> We already got those. <laughs> but they should change the model of Sunbreakers uh, to just two Titans on the ends of your fists. Can we, or can we get a Titan chest that looks like Sunbreaker gauntlets no, and just, turn, just makes them glow? It should be a full raid set. They turn to a giant hand, <laughs> a giant glove. <laughs> a giant fiery glove. That makes me wish for for dat swapping uh, in Destiny so you could change anything to anything else. Because <laughs> I would turn all Sunbreaker Titans into giant hands just running around. Sunbreaker gloves everywhere. <laughs> throwing hammers out of their thumbs. But uh, I would like that. <laughs> Alright, so we're moving on from my favorite gloves to I think what is Gabble's favorite gloves. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. The nothing manacles. Well, so these were my favorite gloves, and then they were garbage, and now they're my favorite gloves again. But we'll get to that. Um, the equations balance thus. You are diminished, and I am exalted. You are broken, and I am made strong. And that flavor text is going to make sense in a second. Right. Um, year one exotic perk, scatter charge, enables tracking for scatter grenades, hold an extra scatter grenade charge. It also <clears throat> rolled with energy projection and innervation, which reduces grenade cooldown each time you pick up an orb of light. Um, the 
exotic perk itself never changed. It was still scatter charge, exact same description. Um, and then in year two, it always rolls discipline and energy projection. Mm-hmm. Uh, perk symbol is the scatter grenade perk symbol, which is super appropriate. So, and we'll talk about what they were originally uh, and how it relates to the RAM and what the flavor text really means. <clears throat> so, there was no scatter charge when these were leaked. Uh, the perk on nothing manacles was called the cold equation. And the perk listed provided an overshield for all Voidwalker ability kills. Uh, so, that explains the flavor text. Uh, they were also blue in the thumbnail, so people were... This spawned some speculation a little bit about ice-related subclasses along those lines. Uh, but we'll talk about the cold equation in a second, why that has nothing to do with actual ice. But man, what an OP perk this would have been. <laughs> oh, that would have been super broken and amazing, but mostly super broken. Yes. <laughs> so, and this is where we get this sort of like this trinary loop here. So this overshield perk was changed and moved to the Ram. The Rams revive perk was moved down to uh purifier purifier robes. robes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then nothing manacles got completely sort of reimagined here. So the cold equation perk too is really cool. The symbol for the cold equation perk was a shield with like the void logo inside it. So, but yeah, this would have been so broken. This would have been more broken than the solar shield on uh, Sunsingers. Yeah, because this definitely would. This is on any ability kill. <laughs> Nova bomb overshield, grenade kill overshield, melee overshield. Yeah, and it wouldn't have had its own specific cooldown, right? Correct. So yeah, you'd just be generating overshields all the time. Oh, that would have been fun, <laughs> but really mean. <laughs> Uh, but for what it's worth, they did a good job. Oh, let's talk about the cold equation. So the reference I found for the cold equation, uh, there is a science fiction short story written by Tom Goodwin that was published in Astounding Magazine way back in 1954 called The Cold Equations. And so the short story is that it's a, it's a, a space story, uh, about a pilot. The whole story takes place on this EDS, an emergency dispatch ship, that is headed to a frontier planet uh, and loaded with medical supplies. Uh, and the pilot finds a stowaway on his ship, uh, a little girl, or a young girl, 18 years old. Uh, and according to law in this particular future, nobody can stow away on an EDS because it upsets the balance, the careful balance of the ship. Uh, because they only carry enough fuel to get exactly where they're going. So any additional weight will cause the ship to not make it to its destination. So the girl on the ship is trying to see her brother uh, on that frontier planet. And then the pilot explains that by stowing away, nobody will ever see anything because the ship's not going to make it there. Uh, so they'll just crash. They'll not only will they kill, they die in the crash, but then everybody in the frontier planet will die because they won't get their medical supplies. <laughs> and at the end of the story, the little girl walks out and just ejects herself into space. <laughs> uh, 
so it's an interesting story with an interesting ending. Uh, it's been argued that this is a good story about physics, but a bad story about engineering. <laughs> like, like, why would you make a ship like that? <laughs> Where, you know, adding the 90 pounds of an 18-year-old girl dooms the entire mission. <laughs> why couldn't you jettison one piece of medical supply instead? Uh, yeah. Care of a couple chairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's the only reference to the cold equation I found. It is a somewhat, like, hotly contested and, you know, quasi-well-known uh, short science fiction story, so it makes sense a bit in the in terms of destiny uh, as it relates to the perk giving everybody an overshield don't really know unless you count jettisoning yourself out of an airlock as an overshield but or you know maybe one person is dying so you're living I don't know so a lot can live I don't know so <laughs> that's the cold equation uh, what nothing manacles turned into though was this um, and along with one of the Voidwalker updates, uh, man, this this these things turned into this amazing synchronous Voidwalker loop that is now an incredible, like a rejuvenated playing Voidwalker for me. But oh yeah, for sure. So that's it here. Added House Wolves DLC. Nothing Manacles became an instant favorite because of how deadly it now made scatter grenades. So. Uh, remember that scatter grenades now track, <laughs> which is bonkers, and you get two of them. <laughs> and the tracking was, I mean, people called them Gallarhorn grenades because you would throw these things and it almost looked like wolfpack rounds. They would track so aggressively. Yeah, they were mean. <laughs> uh, and then with the April update, aka 2.2.0, that was taken spring. Uh, nothing Manacles returned to popularity. Uh, one, because the tracking was buffed, <laughs> uh, but secondly, because of the synergy they created with Voidwalker's energy drain abilities uh, to give birth to a new and truly terrifying breed of warlock. <laughs> One who uses Nova Bomb as an afterthought, but mostly just throws an infinite number of grenades. <laughs> yeah, a grenade every, what, eight seconds or something like it's, that? Yeah, running it's the hunger... What are the other perks? Um, it is... Well, yeah, the Hunger and Embrace the Void... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...is the other one, because... Yeah, so not only... Not only are you uh, running Energy Drain and regenning your grenades all the time, and you have two of them, and they track, they also regen your health. Yep. And what? You, and you can run Soul Rip and recharge your Nova Bomb, too. <laughs> yeah. So, it's crazy. Uh, the one thing that I sometimes see here uh, is using Bloom instead. Uh, yeah. But, hence the Doom and Bloom build. <laughs> but yeah, this is like the Void, the void version of Sunbreakers, but they are super lethal. Uh, especially if you're playing like Prison of Elders or Challenge of Elders and it's Catapult. Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah, we did this with one Night Stalker and two nothing manacle Void Walkers, and we never stopped throwing grenades. I don't think we fired a primary <laughs> five times. Have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's amazing. 
I love it now. I love seeing the hunger triggering on the left and just watching my grenade just like yeah, just race up. <laughs> I mean, it 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 gives you an option as a warlock to basically play what I mean, it kind of feels like you're playing a wizard. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can rely on powers above guns. Yeah. And it's it's a really fun way to play the game. Sparklers. <laughs> Fairy dust. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's an amazing build. It's it's super fun on Voidwalker. You need to get yourself a Parasherb. Yeah, I, I might. I just mm-hmm. don't use them. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Too busy dying to throw grenades. <laughs> That's a good point. That's worth noting that scatter grenades can kill the warlock that throws them. Yes. Yes, they can. Which is which is why they're bad for Sherbet, because one of her friends would put a Titan bubble over her head as soon as she was about to throw a grenade and oh, she would yeah. die. Don't Did give them ideas. Fr- <laughs> 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 well, now I'm definitely I, you not can using burn it. burn yourself with solar grenades, too. I, I see that all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can burn yourself with solar grenades, but you can't, like, you can... You can straight You up can suicide with two... Scatter grenades. Yeah. Or if it's a void burn, you with one. With well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, might have happened last night. Uh, as for the origin of the name Nothing Manacles, uh, whenever I see that name, I automatically think of if you're familiar with D and D, and our Slack chat is because they're starting a D and D game. Uh, a lot of times in like D20 systems for D&D, Pathfinder, even like Final Fantasy style games, uh, nothing manacle or manacles are a glove option or an option for monk style characters that restricts melee output because your hands are bound, but provides spiritual trade-offs. Uh, so whenever I see nothing manacles, I always see them sort of as Zen manacles where they're completely, they have no melee perks at all. They can't roll strength. They don't have melee-based perks because uh, they always roll with energy projection, but you sort of get that energy trade-off in the form of ridiculous amount of grenades. So that's what I've always considered to be a reference to. Uh, I couldn't find any really hard direct references to anything called nothing manacles. Uh, but, I mean, that seemed to fit for me uh, in terms of where this sort of influence could have come from. Uh, And that is nothing manacles. Just make sure you don't turn yourself into nothing wearing them. Yeah. That noise was me. I have a tiny little stegosaurus on my desk, so that was that noise. (laughs) He lives in between my direwolf skull and my ram skull. Uh, All right, we have two left. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> please, please tell me you act that out. You know, if I get if I get killed by a spear in the next five minutes, it's Herbert's <laughs> fault. <laughs> spoilers. The last episode was full of spoilers. This episode is now full of spoilers for Firefly. Sorry. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Two left. One real, one not real. Oh. I know. Uh, at least I don't feel like we're, we're missing too much with the missing one. Not like the boots or 
the uh, astrocyte verse. <laughs> All right, the impossible machines. Uh, the storm collar gloves. So we've this is the trifecta: sun sun breakers for sun singers, nothing manacles for void walkers, and the impossible machines uh, for storm collars. The dead will come for these, but the dead should not have them. Crumpled note pinned in the clasp. It only existed in year two. Uh, the perk is called Lightning Rod. Uh, it unlocks the Stormcaller subclass node Landfall for free. Uh, if you're not clear on what Landfall is, it's ridiculously broken. Uh, and it fires a lightning bolt straight down when you activate uh, Storm Trance. It's less broken than it used to be. True. <laughs> but it's still pretty ridiculous. It's still awesome. Does it still have the blind effect too? No. No. Okay. Because that was bananas. That it used to blind. It used to pop uh, defender bubbles. Yep. <laughs> it used to have a way too big of a radius for for what I mean. It was basically like having a roaming super that starts with a fist of havoc. Yeah. <laughs> it. But it was so. I still. I mean, I run impossible machines. I love landfall. I love the way yeah. the animation looks with like throwing the bolt straight down. And it's super satisfying to kill. Even just one person with landfall and then just move on. Yes. <laughs> You're just like, zap, ha and then you go looking for other victims. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sad that it doesn't blind people anymore. Uh, but, and interestingly, impossible machines will always roll with strength and will always roll with snap discharge, uh, which is enhanced melee speed. So, despite their altering a super... With their perk, uh, it seems that they're supposed to be melee-oriented gloves. Unless Stormcallers are being encouraged to run intellect strength builds. Uh, and they they don't have very good grenades, do they? No. No, the melee is definitely <laughs> way more rage-inducing <laughs> for other people. <laughs> <laughs> you could theoretically melee farther than you could throw a grenade at the Stormcaller anyway. Probably, probably. <laughs> With amplitude, yes. Uh, the perk symbol is the landfall symbol. Uh, and so, lore-wise, we have this, the dead should come for these, but the dead should not have these. Uh, crumpled note pinned in the clasp. So let's talk about the look of these first. So, uh, they are pretty cool. The gloves themselves look a lot like an Auden or Tesla coil, which is like the... Uh, the copper coils wrapped all the way around the wrist and the two sort of like uh, protruding nodes on the top of the hand that lightning arcs between, which is a really awesome looking uh, exotic. So now whether or not that hints at when they were created, if these were a golden age device, uh, if these were a more recent development, to me they scream golden age. This seems like almost like steampunky style tech. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I keep, you know, I made fun of myself for saying uh so many times last episode, and I keep doing it in this episode. The quote, we're not sure who this quote comes from. I, when I first read it, uh, I thought it was Rasputin, because he refers to Guardians as the dead. But can Rasputin can't really write a crumpled note. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe they were created by Rasputin and a scientist wrote 
them? Because oh, we don't know. If we knew where these came from, we would have a much better idea. Like, did they were they pulled out of an old war mine bunker? Were they, you know, found in a vault somewhere? I mean, they just came from an engram, so we don't know. Uh, but I'd like to think that there is deeper lore around the origins of the impossible machines than what we're being given in-game. So. But. Yeah. Uh, the name impossible machines, that's been around for a while. An impossible machine uh, is a perpetual motion machine. So that's the another name for it. Uh, and as you have written here, the holy grail of physics. <laughs> yeah, I had to kind of have a novel about this one, right? This seems like yeah. something people would totally be into in the Golden Age. Oh, yeah, right? Like, something you would, with, all, with everything that was going on, why wouldn't you try and figure out how to make that happen? So, a perpetual motion machine is a hypothetical machine that can do work indefinitely without an energy source. Uh, this kind of machine is impossible, as it would violate the first and second law, the first or second law of thermodynamics. What are thermodynamics, Gabble? I, I don't know. I didn't go to school for that. <laughs> <clears throat> the first law, the law of conservation of energy, states that the total energy of an isolated system is constant. Energy can be transformed from one form to another, but cannot be created or destroyed. The second law, the total entropy of an isolated system always increases over time or remains constant in ideal cases where the system is in a steady state or undergoing a reversible process. The increase in entropy accounts for the irreversibility of natural processes and the asymmetry between future and past. A lot of that sounds like destiny. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is this is a machine that just... It's like those... Uh, uh, what are they called? The something cradle. With the, the five steel balls that keep moving back and forth. Newton's cradle. Um... Newton's Cradle. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> uh, and perpetual motion machines have been theorized that they could be possible with the use of electromagnetism. So, there you go. Electrified coils on these gloves creating potentially infinite energy that you shoot straight down at people. <laughs> <laughs> Zap people with. Yeah. Uh, another reference that I pulled out is that and this refers to the flavor text a little bit, uh, is that in Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein's machine was an impossible machine uh, that used lightning strikes to grant life to the once dead. So in that case, we have, you know, the dead come for these, but the dead should not have them. And the... Uh, landfall, which is shooting lightning straight down, which is what happens when uh, Victor Frankenstein gives birth to his monster. So, it's so zap a corpse with landfall, and it might come back as a monster. Or you kill somebody with landfall, and then their friend revives them. And then, <laughs> but it's okay because you have transcendence, and you loop back around and kill them again. That's right. Double kill. <laughs> and you get a seventh column because transcendence storm calling lasts forever. <laughs> 25 seconds. That's forever. That's more than enough. I think I mentioned the last episode. Yeah, we won't talk about uh, Golden Gun. Well, no, I was in an Iron Banner match where I hit somebody with Sun Charge 
from around a, he came around the corner and I just he right at the wrong second like I just popped my super he comes running on the corner and I just smash him in the face with a hammer uh, and this was on the drifter and I immediately skated straight down the right hand side hallway and he just respawned at the other end of the hallway and I just hit him again with the hammer <laughs> I felt really bad that I killed the same guy twice in <laughs> in one hammer of soul uh but yeah, that's not like I've seen some really dirty things happen with transcendence. Oh yeah, you got some other notes here about the impossible machine. Yeah, there's a there's a board game called the Impossible Machine. Um, did I write anything about it? Yeah, it's where you create insane machines to do simple things. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like, um, sounds like mousetrap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a piece of music by Eric Morales called The Impossible Machine, Perpetual Motion. Um, Does the song last forever? I hope so. That would be amazing. But maybe that would mean he's still writing it? I don't know. Or maybe he figured out how to write a song that never never stopped. The song that never stops. This is the song that never ends. There you go. He did it. <laughs> Good job, Eric Morales. <laughs> but yeah. And yeah, it's it is great looking. I'm yeah. looking at it right now. It's lovely. Yeah, I got these early on in year two, and they are fantastic. You can wear these, and you can wear the Stormcaller Bond, which arcs electricity off it. And then mm-hmm. you can have Bolt Caster strapped to your back, which has electricity arcing off it. Or you can have a Jalo 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 Supercell. <laughs> And oh, what's the um, what's the warlock helmet that drops from the saber strike that has electricity arcing off of oh, it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can basically look insane yeah. with <laughs> arcing electricity everywhere. That seems <laughs> dangerous. I know. Oh yeah, what is that that legendary helmet? Which is so we know that that facility is a war mine testing facility. Uh, and that's where that helmet comes from. Is it this you know the distinct possibility the impossible machines were developed in that war mine facility, the devouring maw. The devouring maw. Uh, so if these two things are related, possibly, uh, that would explain sort of where these came from. Golden Age tech. I hate the look of the devouring maw. I think it's such an ugly helmet. It is. It is. But it sparks. It's not worth it. Just say no. Um, our enemies hunger for our knowledge is the flavor text on the devouring maw. Hmm. And I, I mean, I always wear Bindcaster on one because I have a great role on it, and two because it has a Toland quote on it. I never, pretty much, never switch out of Bindcaster <laughs> uh, on my warlock unless I very specifically need one of the exotics, like a Obsidian Mind or. I never wear Apotheosis Veil anymore, but it's such a fun exotic. Or the Ram, if I'm feeling mean. <laughs> tough. Tough, right. tough to not wear Sunbreakers uh, or nothing manacles. or Especially when Xur sold like that perfect roll Sunbreaker. Yes. It was like a month or two ago. Yeah, 98% roll. Yeah. Intellect, dis- just, yeah, intellect discipline, everything you want, basically. Yeah, intellect discipline, scout fusion. Scout, yeah. Those are the ones I have. So good. 
That was the first time I put the. It's one of those things where sometimes like circumstances of the of the game that are, um, not not necessarily intentional greatly affect everyone's perception of maybe a given piece of gear. Yes, <laughs> I would not wear sunbreakers. I, the the the. <laughs> The bad taste in my mouth from from year one was so strong that I wouldn't wear sunbreakers. And then Zur sold that roll, and I was like, "I gotta buy those. Yep. They're they're too good to not buy." And since since that happened, I've put them on. And aside from apparently not understanding how the perk freaking works, um, I have. <laughs> well, now you I do. Have, yeah, I have enjoyed some time as a as a occasional sun singer. Yeah, I'm pretty much I'm sun singer almost full time. I almost never play Stormcaller. All right, we got this last pair of gloves that we do that aren't even a thing. <laughs> kind of a thing. No, so not really. If they were a thing, though, they would be an awesome thing. You know, every Maybe. every almost warlock exotic has been <laughs> so broken. I know. You know, increased was increased blink distance and cooldown. Uh, yeah, reloading. Picking up yeah, from picking up ammo. Picking yeah. up ammo automatically reloads a weapon of that type. <laughs> it's almost like there's a reason these broken pieces of gear aren't in the game. Oh, man. So I guess we can we can stop complaining about them not being in the game and say thank you, Bungie, for not breaking your game. But they look so cool. They do look cool. Just give. <laughs> I just want. If the Astrocyte Verse is probably one of the few exotic helmets that would get me off my sunbreakers because it looks <laughs> so awesome because you want space in your head i want space face <laughs> all right so the ophidian aspect yes have i is that aspic as i say that yep. word? have i the aspic in my lips you do I do. Aspic is a dish in which ingredients are set into a gelatin made from a meat stock or consomme. This sounds gross, by the way. <laughs> Non-savory dishes often made with commercial gelatin mixes or without stock or consomme are usually called gelatin salads. Also sounds gross. Well, Ophidian uh, means of the reptile group Ophidia, which is a snake, uh, relating or denoting snakes. Unless you play D&D, and you might encounter these if you join our D&D Slack game, uh, an Ophidian is a snake man. Uh, short-tailed, thick-bodied, snake-like creature with human-like arms and hands, allowing it to employ weapons, shields, uh, and magical items. An Ophidian's fanged bite will cause a human victim to eventually transform into an Ophidian unless a process is presented. Prevented. Uh, it's like snake people. Isn't, wasn't there a game that just came out recently that's got a ton of snake people in it? But they had really low charisma. Who wants to talk to a snake person? <laughs> well, for me, in my mind, all I ever think... When I read that description, all I think of is Cobra Commander from G.I. Joe the movie. <laughs> when he gets exposed to the spores and slowly regresses into a snake. But there's a period of time where Roadblock is blind... And Cobra Commander's half man, half snake, coiled around Roadblock, telling him like where to shoot and what's going on, because Roadblock can't see. That's all I can think of when I think of Snake Man is half mutated Cobra Commander. <laughs> so there you go. That movie was traumatizing. Yeah. Well, the perk here 
was going to be Viper Totemic. Improved Siphon and Weapons... Okay, Improved Siphon. Yep. And Weapons Ready and Reloads Very Quickly. Yep. Okay. So another Voidwalker uh, exotic. Yes. And one... So maybe this one didn't make it into the game because they went ahead and just made Voidwalker's siphon abilities amazing on their own? Yes. Um, well, this is what this is the snapshot perk. Weapons ready very quickly, or is that that's the uh, that's also a blade dancer perk as well? Okay, okay. It's also basically intrinsic to Tlaylock <laughs> when your super is charged. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so it's like between Voidwalkers being improved and using Tlaylock, you can kind of get this effect. Quick draw is what I'm thinking of. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, vo- Voidwalkers with Quick Draw. Let's give Voidwalker Enhanced Blink, Enhanced Blink Distance. Or, no, how about Quick Draw? No. How about an Overshield on every ability kill? No. <laughs> oh, and people say so people say Bungie hates Warlock, but if all these things had come out, people would be like, what the hell, Bungie hates everything but Warlock. Oh, alter your weapons automatically reload when you pick up ammo of that type. <laughs> so great and it would have always rolled strength and it would have always included snap discharge it's worth mentioning did I make the note here Uh, yeah siphon is what energy drain used to be called right yeah they still use it on I guess you you, I think you talked about that with uh, that helmet yes in the last episode but we'll have words about that exchange later All right, uh, so Viper Totemic. So this makes sense for this perk, especially the, the quick draw aspect of it. So a Viper, I think people most people know what Vipers are. That's another G.I. Joe reference. Uh, everybody thinks Viper, which is the basic Cobra unit, or the I guess they're the elite Cobra unit, because the basic unit was just a dude in blue with the face masks. But uh, I always think of the episode where Barbecue keeps getting a call from a guy calling himself the Viper. Uh, and throughout the episode, the Joes... So he keeps saying the Viper is coming and then lists a bunch of numbers. The Joes think they're coordinates and they end up tracking down a bunch of different Cobra bases and Cobra can't figure out how Joes keep figuring out where their bases are. The very end of the episode, everybody has Barbecue's house surrounded with like... Every Joe is there with weapons drawn, and this old dude with a window washing kit rolls up uh, and is like, Hello, I am the Viper. I have come to vipe your windows. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that episode is always stuck in my head uh, for some reason, and that's all I can think of when I hear Viper. Uh, <laughs> contrary, this is also not the Dodge Viper which is a very fast, funny-shaped car that used to burst into flames. Because <laughs> uh, that would be a Sunsinger uh, exotic. <laughs> this is Viper the Snake. Uh, vipers are often referred to as being insanely fast. Uh, the faster-than-a-viper strike is one of the sayings. There's a good reason for that. That's because vipers, uh, when striking, can accelerate up to 173 meters per second squared. 
uh, which is about 28 G's of impact force. Uh, Basically terrifying. Yes. While, reta- <laughs> while retaining target control, <laughs> uh, a strike occurs in less than a tenth of a second, which is half uh, the speed of an average human eye blink. So, by comparison, the best fighter pilots in the world will start to lose consciousness around 10 to 15 Gs. So, vipers are no joke. (laughs) (laughs) They will hit you, and you will be in trouble before you even realize what happened. And then, totemic uh, is just the adjective form of totem. Uh, An animal, plant, or natural object serving among certain tribal or traditional peoples as an emblem of a clan or family, and sometimes revered... Uh, for as an ancestor or guardian. This is by the, the totem of the Viper. And that makes sense with the very fast weapons ready and very fast reload. Uh, and the snap discharge perk, melee striking very fast. Although it would be really funny if it glitched the melee animation and it didn't even do it. It just hit. <laughs> uh, the perk symbol is Echo of the Shattered Suns, which is an emblem you can get in the game. Uh, it appeared in the database ahead of the Taken King, but has never been available in the game. The link in the armory still works, but it leads to a classified item, meaning that it's still in there somewhere. It wasn't completely removed. Yeah, it looks so good. They have to reuse that model. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if you look at the little symbol for this, it was like snakes, like snake scales, or not snake scales, but like a coiled snake all around the the hands and forearm is really cool. Oh, it should turn your hand into, like, snake heads. <laughs> so, imagine... Okay. Weapons ready and reloads very quickly. And then imagine using Surge. Which, damaging an enemy with energy drain, increases weapon and movement speed. Yep. Wow. That... Well, I question now is, would Ophidian Aspect overwrite the blink, the blink delay that now exists? Oh, jeez. Because you could have your weapons ready... Almost immediately. So, I just want to be able to blink and swing my sword as soon as I'm done blinking. I miss that too. I just want that back. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't have a reference to the um, you didn't have a reference to that flavor text. I thought you would have had a note on it. That quote, "Have I the aspic in my lips?" is from uh, Shakespeare, Antony and Cleopatra. Um, yes. Yeah, you didn't have that note there. That she says, have I the aspic in my lips? Oh. Which is like the asp's poison. There you according go. to this translation I found. Uh, where they more, more snake... More, <laughs> more snake references. Yeah. So that's how that relates to the whole vipers Man, and... That's, that's better than... Gelatin yeah. salad. <laughs> that's way better than gelatin. Yeah. <laughs> poison gelatin salad. Now I will never eat anything like that because it might be poisoned. Well... If you are bitten by a viper, your insides are going to become poisonous gelatin, so. <laughs> Yay, I'm liquefied. <laughs> there you go, man. Sherb chiming in with two big, two big knowledge bits here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> Just as planned. Everything is going to plan. The reign of Sherb will, will come. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that uh, that does in fact wrap up Warlock Exotic Armor. Oh wait a minute, you have a note here that Aspic is also the Advanced Space Propulsion Investigation. Kit. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, but that was more of like a funny. Because how would that be in someone's lips? Oh, I guess that's. I was thinking more that <laughs> because you have snap discharge, your fist is moving with advanced space propulsion, <laughs> and somebody else's face is investigating it. <laughs> but the aspect is the investigation committee. There you go. Like, punch committee. That doesn't really make yeah, sense. Yeah, it just means everybody you, everybody you high five. <laughs> Although maybe maybe your lips have advanced propulsion. That's weird. Yeah, let's, that is weird. Let's not, let's not think about it. <laughs> All right. I don't want to think about electrogravitonic non-Newtonian gravi- <laughs> gravitational lips. <laughs> now all I can think of is a guy running across a pool. <laughs> really? All I can think of is something a warlock running on the crucible, k- kissing people to death. <laughs> Speaking of your impressions of warlocks, I have an uh, a grievance to air. Okay, air your grievance. I will air my grievance. I just I have to say, since I was not here on Sunday, that uh, the discussion of the skull of Dairahamkara and its exotic perk name <laughs> may or may not have led me into like an Andrew Ryan inspired rant this morning. Oh no. <laughs> this is, uh, delusions of grandeur. Oh, yes, he said that's all. Well, yeah. yeah. You immediately went into a fit of delusions of grandeur. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I was right about a, them looking terrible, though, right? Well, oh that yeah, helmet. They, the, the helmet does look terrible. Uh, and that, but yeah, go ahead. So I, I, I uh, <laughs> the quote from this morning was this. I'm Gabble Ratchet, and I'm here to ask you a question. Is a guardian not entitled to the light within? No, says the speaker. It belongs to the traveler. No, say the titans. It belongs to the city. No, say the hunters. It belongs to the refugees. I rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. I chose the impossible. Machines. I don't know where it went from there. But anyway, Andrew Ryan, totally a warlock. There you go. I'll, I'll buy it. Yeah. I mean, I still think it fits, but... Maybe I'm just confirming that warlocks have delusions of grandeur. There you go. Either way, whatever. I don't know. You guys earned it last night, though, in those strikes. <laughs> Voidburn. Yeah. Voidwalker and Voidburn? <laughs> Not fair. <laughs> and awesome. But yeah, that wraps this one up. Sweet. So this will be a double episode. Uh, Folks will probably be getting this earlier than they're expecting one, and then we're still on track to cover our next batch. And we might as well say it, we're going to cover uh, Hunter Exotics next, Mm -hmm. and we're going to have a special guest for that. We're not going to tell you who it is. Uh, And, yeah, look forward to that. So we're going to do the most... uh, We're going from most to least Ahamkara Exotics with the classes. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe from mm, most to least Dark Souls references. Oh, that makes sense too. Yeah. Well, it's all the praising the light stuff. That that's big Dark Souls reference. So that sort of fades without yeah, warlocks. Well, yeah. Well, we got we got like we said we have Acleophagian there, but then that's okay. Titans have some of the most unique exotics in the game. I'm really looking forward to covering them. We're gonna have special guests for the Titan episodes too. Uh, but no spoilers on who they will be. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun, though. It is. It's going to be great. And especially now that you two uh, know the joy of shoulder charge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what it means to really be a striker titan. 
uh, Titan exotics are going to be very fun. There's also this other thing this weekend uh, that I think this episode... I don't know when we're going to release this. Is this going to come yeah. out on Friday? No, tomorrow's Friday. This is not going to come out no, on Friday. tomorrow's Thursday. Oh, I'm looking at my computer and it says Thursday because it's oh, after 1 o'clock okay. in the morning. Okay. So this might maybe come out Friday? So maybe when this comes out, I'll, I'll be on a plane to DestinyCon. DestinyCon. This weekend. DestinyCon. Saturday. In Florida. So if you're there and you have an x-ray mask, wear it and we'll do something special for you. Or the ridiculous shirt that he made. <laughs> White t-shirt with x-ray space on it. Didn't it say blamexray.com? Blame yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Blamexray.com, yep. <laughs> which is also, a, he's, which is he's a, in the show notes right now. What's up with that? A real URL. I know. I, was, I thought maybe he would jump on the call and just passively listen, but I guess not. CBC's oh, cursor anyway. He'll be back. We're going to have some packed... The next couple episodes are going to be packed houses, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> All right, that does it for uh, for Warlock Exotics. Uh, as always, you can shoot us an email at uh, destinyghoststories at gmail.com or hit us up at dghoststories on Twitter if you'd like to make some corrections, air your grievances at me, point out what I did wrong. <laughs> uh, Ask if you need a glass of water. Yes. Spam me with Warlock Masterclass over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, that was just me. <laughs> or if you're just huddling in the corner crying because you're now remembering Voidfang and Xur, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or year one Crucible PTSD from Warlocks wearing Voidfang. Yes. Or year two from the Ram. Or that. Or year one from the Ram. <laughs> Either way. Uh, and then X-Ray's been manning the uh, the Facebook, right? Which is also uh, Facebook slash D Ghost Stories. Um, I believe so. Facebook.com slash D Ghost Stories. Confirming in real time. Survey says internet is really slow. But we're definitely D Ghost Stories on Twitter. Yes, confirmed. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that'll do it. We'll be back next time with hunter exotics which will also probably be a part two uh or at least in two parts but we'll get those out quickly uh, like we said at the top of the show we're trying to get all these done before rise of iron because we're <laughs> desperately trying yeah because we we're really trying to create a record of what the game looked like and sort of where our stories came from and also because a big part of exotic the lore a big part of the lore of exotics is the lore that we as players have created for some of these things uh, and it makes them a much more fascinating uh, pieces of the game. You know, things like the RAM. Uh, the players helped create the lore for that and Heart of the Praxic Fire and things like that. So as much as they're tied to the game itself, it's also tied to us, the players, and, and how we have elevated these things. So mm -hmm. we're going we're gonna to keep that going. we got four more episodes to do, two Hunter, two Titan, and then we'll have a special show before Rise of Iron. And then... We're going to play Rise of Iron. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to do that. So, until then, uh, we'll catch you next time, everyone. Thank you very much. See ya. Good night. <laughs>